Welcome to Pedagog, a podcast about teachers talking writing. I'm your host, Shane Wood. In this episode, I talk with Stephen J. Corbett about teaching at Texas A&M University Kingsville, peer review and establishing a student-centered writing classroom, and how Hispanic-serving institutions can better serve their students. Stephen J. Corbett is director of the University Writing Center and associate professor of English at Texas A&M University Kingsville. He's the author of Beyond a Dichotomy, Synergizing Writing Center and Classroom Pedagogies, and co-editor of Peer Pressure, Peer Power, Theory and Practice in Peer Review and Response for the Writing Classroom, Student Peer Review and Response, a Critical Sourcebook, and Writing in and About the Performing and Visual Arts, Creating, Performing, and Teaching. His articles on writing and rhetoric pedagogy have appeared in a variety of journals, periodicals, and collections. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. Do you mind talking about Texas A&M University Kingsville and how your institutional context shapes your approach to teaching? Yeah, this this first question about the institutional context, um, it's a very interesting one. Um, you know, we're down here in South Texas. Um, you know, we're very, cor- uh, uh, very close to Corpus Christi. Uh, which is a beach resort town, and we're about uh, we're about a half hour south of that. You know, what's really interesting is um, I had read I, or I had listened to one of the podcasts uh, by another teacher scholar down here, um, Beatrice uh, Mendez Newman, and um, you know I'd listened to her podcast, and, and I just thought it was I just thought it was a very interesting some of the similarities. Um, you know, now we're not far, quite as far south. Uh, as they are. So, and, and you see that, I think, in an interesting way in the student population that we have. So we're there about 90% Hispanic, um, you know, which is enormous uh, Hispanic uh, population. We're more like about 70%. You know, even still, we're the, we're, we're, uh, the fifth largest, uh, you know, Hispanic serving institution in the, in the country. So, you know, it, it, it's very interesting. Um, you know, so, it, you know, in a sense, the, the, the context here is we're technically actually an R1 university, even though we're a smaller school of about 8,000 students. Um, you know, we have such a heavy agriculture, um, you know, school, such a heavy engineering engineering down here. You know, so in that sense, you know, we're a, we're a real mix, um, you know, because we do have, you know, we are classified as R1, um, but boy, is it really, it's really those agriculture, um, that engineering that really, um, you know, pulls us through. You know, one, but one thing I really wanted to get back on, on what, uh, what Professor Newman was talking about in her podcast um, is something that really struck me when I heard her talking about it in terms of our, our context, in terms of our students and, and, and the population that we serve here. I very much assumed, wow, okay, these are gonna be, there's gonna be a lot of, of, of bilingual students there's going to be a lot of students that are speaking Spanish and maybe struggling with their English because they don't speak it at home and all these kinds of things. But what's really interesting, and and it really parallels what, what, what Dr. Newman was saying, is this idea that, no, that's not actually the case here, as, as is similar to the case with her institution. I've, I mean, I've run a writing center with 20 tutors, and I technically write this moment only have one bilingual tutor. You know, I've got 18 Hispanic, you know, tutors, but only, you know, one, one, you know, that's actually a bilingual, you know, tutor. I think you got to be careful. And I think you'll hear this theme running through the things that I talk about. I think we have to be careful in assuming 
who our students are, what they're, what they know, what they do, what their home life is like. I mean, there's just so many variables that go into a person's identity. You can't just look at somebody and, and, and really sort of start making assumptions about who they are. So I'm interested in hearing more about the kinds of text or assignments you use in your writing classes and how they complement your larger pedagogical goals or aims and support the multiplicity of identities in your classes. Um, we'll do a, they'll actually do a syllabus analysis. So they're, they're coming at the genre of the syllabus in a way that they've never <laughs> maybe, maybe quite done before. So they're going to go in there and they're going to read it. But then they're also going to do a couple of other readings. They're going to read an old Donald Murray piece um, talking about process. They're going to read uh, Rachel Tor talking about the, the habits of, of, of writers and just, you know, it's not, it's not easy for anybody to write. And then they're, this sounds odd, but then they're also going to research me. They're going to just Google Stephen J. Corbett and writing, and they're going to be like, who is this, you know, who is this person? And then they're going to write a little brief paper. And I tell, again, I, I again, I, I, I make sure they understand that if whatever they write, they get full credit for. As long as they do it, they get full credit for. I'm a, on a portfolio system, guaranteed B system. So I, I, I'm doing a lot of stuff early on to try to make them feel comfortable, to, to try to make them feel, you know, like, hey, okay, this is not going to be, this might not be my typical English course where I've struggled in the past. And I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't getting a lot of support. So, so they do that and they find out a lot about me. The first thing we do then is a peer review activity, right? Where we, if we're in class, we literally, they just pull up their papers, either hard copy or on the screen. And we literally just bounce from chair to chair, you know, or from screen to screen if it's virtual. And they read every single paper that everybody else wrote. And they don't give any comments. And I, I, I talk about this in terms of just reading. You're just reading, you're just listening to each other, you know, but, but, it, but in the meantime, what are you really doing? Oh, you're judging, you're, 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 you're hopefully, hopefully in all the peer review stuff, you're, you're, you're bringing in strategies, you're absorbing strategies, right? You're listening to what everybody else has to offer. You're looking at their titles, you're looking at their intros, you're looking at all these different things and you're saying, hey, okay, if I didn't do it the first time, you know, if I didn't make the moves that I thought would be great the first time, could I do it in, in a subsequent draft, right? Then we go into a sh short assignment where they write about their, their major. Now, the whole, whole course, this, this freshman composition course is all about, you know, why are you here? What are you interested in majoring in? What do you want to pursue? What do you know about it? Let's see if we can't figure some of that out together, right? They're taught, writing a paper about their major, why they're interested in it, why they want to do it, you know, all these kinds of things, what, what's interesting about it to them. And that's a short assignment. Next thing you know, we get the major assignment. And what they do here is by this time, they're in their peer groups, nice and solid. They've already had little exercises to get familiar with each other. They're all facing each other in the classroom or, you know, doing different things online. They're actually going to exchange the short assignments that they wrote about their majors. They're going to read each other's papers, and then they're going to write a comparative paper about that, about their major and their point of view on it in co compared and contrast against these other folks. Now, because we're in a portfolio system, they've got the entire term to try to produce the best paper that they can do. And they're on a guaranteed B at this point, so I'm not even grading them at this point. 
I'll give them feedback and all these kinds of things, but nothing's being solidified in the grade or anything like that, right? It's performance, perform, perform. Next assignment you get is just a little assignment to kind of take a breather. It's just a little rhetorical situation and genre exercise. And it's kind of fun and they just go through and they do like a little email about a car crash that they had and, you know, and they got to tell their grandma about it and all these, you know, this little fun little thing. It's just basically to take a break because the next thing we do, we're jumping into the really like the most major paper for the entire course, which is deeper research into the, into the field or the major that they're interested in pursuing. So everything up to this point has been practiced for it, has been getting them ready. It's been getting comfortable with me, getting comfortable with their peer group members so that they can really, really try to write the best stuff they've ever written. Um, you know, this assignment, this then this major, this uh, next major assignment is scaffolded down into shorter assignments that, you know, have them doing, um, you know, sort of some reporting on the major a little bit. Um, they, they interview somebody in their field. They try to find somebody in their field to interview. And then they do, they look up a couple of um, academic uh, articles in their field. And they're kind of looking at the way, you know, knowledge is kind of produced and the way thing, you know, the rhetoric of those things. Because some of the other things we're doing in class is we're going to, again, this is a very peer-centered sort of class, right? So we're looking at, at uh, you know, undergraduate research journals as some of the primary readings, right? So our school happens to have one. So they're reading articles in there from across the disciplines. University of Florida has a really great one um, that, that has, and, and so many different institutions have so many great undergraduate research journals. And I, for my course, um, for our purposes, I think it's important for us to study some of the, you know, the, the rhetorical features of those different uh, undergraduate journal articles. So they're aspiring to write in some ways you know, and to sort of incorporate some of those strategies and the things like that as well. And these are very, very basic sort of rhetorical and structural analyses, the purpose of these articles, um, the people that they might be writing these for, again, structurally titles, intros, transitions, the way, you know, evidence is used, all those kinds of things running through there, you know, and then of course, since they're doing an e-portfolio, um, they're doing lots of reflections and re reflective writing on their processes and, and everything that got them to be able to produce these things that they've produced. And, you know, including a final little, <laughs> lots of tons and tons of writing shade, you know, and in their final conclusion to their e-portfolio, their digital e-portfolio book, you know, and, and what it took to get there and, and all the processes and everything and some, and, and then they tell me what grade they believe they earned for the course. You're talking a lot about peer review and establishing a student-centered class. Effective peer review is such a complex activity. How do you frame peer review in your writing class? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, so, it's, it's, Shane, it's sometimes tough now because I've been doing it for so long and it's just become so tacit as part of my knowledge, you know. And so I write books and, and, and do collections and write all these articles and stuff about it. But, you know, I think um, just in terms of how I've sort of internalized it, you know, I really think of it in terms of being very honest with students about it. You know, understand that this is what we're going to be involved here with together is a, is a very, you know, is a great, great old tradition you know, um, of learning, learning to try to trust each other and learning to try to listen to more than just the authority of whoever the main authority figure is in any sort of communication situation toward 
you know, learning to listen to what other people might have to say about things, um, learning to kind of, you know, maybe, maybe sort of learn to trust your own voice and your own, and your own judgments a little bit more in relation to the fact that you've heard so many of these other voices and these other points of view. So from beginning to end, um, you know, and I don't do a lot of hard, you know, grading of those peer review um, performances. I just don't do a lot of that kind of stuff. I think I, I keep the grading of those kinds of things and the assessment of those kinds of things much, you know, much more uh, involved in sort of an overall sense of, of, of the participation that they've done in the course. You know, and so I, I think in, in terms of, of, of trying to build trust with students, um, you know, trying to be, you know, some groups work better than others, some don't. I'll do what I can do to try to help make up for that a little bit as the instructor. You know, I send me something, I'll take, you know, send me something, I'll take a look at it, I'll give you a little bit of my point of view on it. I don't know, Shane, you know, flexibility, you know, understanding. I think a lot of these things that are just basic human, you know, human human traits of, of kindness and things like that is super, super, super important. I love the framework for success in post-secondary writing. And I make sure and highlight that as a very important thing on my syllabi, um, because I think that those, you know, those, those habits of mind and those kinds of attitudes and dispositions in, pedag- in teaching and learning are just extremely, extremely important. Stephen, I'm curious as to whether there is any kind of hesitation or resistance from students who might be more comfortable with the teacher responding to their writing. I'm thinking about how peer review might be new to some students or how they might have had negative experiences with peer review in the past. I swear to God, you know, like, like I have performance anxiety, you know, like a lot of people do. And every freaking single time I go into a classroom, I'm like, is it still going to work? Is it still going to work? You know, I mean, and I've taught at a number, you know, a few different institutions and every, especially every single time I've gone to a new institution, right? You know, so I was in New England teaching in New Haven. I was down at George Mason University teaching there, you know, and and each time I've moved, I've gone like, wow, okay, is this going to work with this group of students? Well, I tell you what, you know, it definitely has worked with each group of students. I mean, so for, you know, for, for Kingsville and the university I'm at right now, I was worried about that. Is this going to be okay with this group of students? Are they going to just be, because I had heard things like, oh, you know, they're really, they really, you know, it's yes, sir, no, man, you know, no, sir, all this kind of stuff, super, super, you know, author- respectful of authority and things like that. But to, to be honest, Shane, you know, again, those strategies that I've tried, I think if nothing else, I think that they look at me and they say, wow, this guy's earnest about this. He's honest, he cares, and he's a nice guy. And he's been, and, you know, again, from that first assignment where they, they do just sort of an ethos, it's an ethos thing, you know, they go in and they say, who is this guy? Is this guy qualified to teach me and, and to be saying all this stuff? And I think right away, they start, they start getting the answers that will make them feel comfortable. And so when you put them through these kinds of a- activities, um, you know, there's a certain level of trust that that's being maintained. And I just do everything I can to try to sustain and to deserve and earn that trust. From your understanding and perspective, what does it mean to serve Hispanic students and to design principles and policies that center on equity and truly advocates for students and their identities? You know, um, I, I think, you know, in my pos- especially in my position now as the person who runs the writing center, as the person who was brought in to, 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 you know, to, 
really design and organize the QEP, you know, which is tied into our accreditation. Super, super important. You know, I think I think I think I have a big obligation and a big responsibility when I work with faculty on really trying to share why I do what I do. You know, and and the, and some of the things that I do, you know, for example, I've got a student right now, you know, Catherine Cat Villarreal, you know, and she she's an amazing, amazing person. She's exemplary in what you know what what is going on. She's a she's a student who, you know, she was forbidden to speak Spanish in her in her household. You know, she's got, you know, she considers herself, you know, sort of a, a, a culturally white, you know, but at the same time, you know, she does embrace her, her, her Hispanic heritage. And she, you know, when we go to conferences and things and she does presentations, she talks about those kinds of things. And, you know, we've, we've written things together where she talks about me, you know, <laughs> very personal sorts of things where we've written, we've got a, you know, a book chapter chapter coming out together that, that links feminism to the idea of listening in research and, and listening to our research subjects. And sometimes if we make mistakes, you know, trying to learn from those, some of those mistakes that we've made. And, you know, how, how is it that who she, who she, who she is with her identity and who I am, you know, as a, as a middle-aged white guy and how we come together to listen to each other and to work together with each other, you know, for, for, for excellent, amazing, wonderful, fun, cool things. And, and I think that, so for me, the principles, the policies, you know, some of the really for me, and at least just for my job, comes down to sharing, you know, what has taken 23 years to, to really say, hey, look, you know, I think, it, you know, I, I, the idea of universal is a very, very tricky one, but I've, I've worked with a lot of different student populations and now I'm working in a Hispanic serving institution and some of these same principles of being, you know, of being fair, listening, trying to design things that work for the majority of your, of your students. And, and these are just some of the lessons that I've learned. And these are just some of the, some of the details of the ways I've come at it. Thanks, Stephen. And thank you, Pedagog listeners and followers. Until next time.